as if we are in a new church. But we are still in David Christian Center Island. Amen. When I came in, I nearly could not see well. But the light is so bright. Hallelujah. Wow. This does not, not look good. <laughs> Praise God. So when we call upon you to come and sow, and to come and give, please answer. <laughs> Praise God. And so when we say come and give, oh, come and sow. Mm. This thing does not come cheap. It doesn't come cheap. Wow. So revealing. <laughs> so revealing. It's even good. I'm going to say all those who are sleeping in service. Eyes <laughs> on you now. There's no way you can stay now that can't see you. Even those who are sitting across. You can see everybody now. Clearly. They are sitting on top. Praise God. Hallelujah. Celebrate Jesus once more. Amen. All right. Tonight we'll be discussing in the high of the storm. Um, that's, our, that's our theme for the evening service tonight. And I pray that um, irrespective of whatever storm you are going through, the Lord will bring you out of it. Amen. That amen is not born again. Amen. I said I pray with you that no matter the evidence, Minister Pedro said, some people storm and no storm. They're just ordinary wind. Whether it is storm, whether it is wind, whether it is winter. And my prayer is that God will bring you out of it. In the name of Jesus. Even where the doctors have given up and have said no more hope. I pray with you that the master doctor himself, we call him the balm in Gilead. He will rise up concerning that situation. In the name of Jesus. When he mentioned that some people's cases is even transfer of kidney, I said, ah, it's true. That's also a storm. But I pray to, I pray that that storm will not swallow you up. The storm, the disciples went with Jesus, they didn't swallow them. They were scared, but they were not swallowed. I pray that storm will not devour you. In the name of Jesus. In the eye of the, in the eye of the storm. Mr. Uh, uh, Minister Pedro said it is the safest place to stay in the storm. I wasn't aware of that. It sounds very mystical to me. <laughs> but I just know that anywhere in the storm is not good. Praise God. Am I talking to somebody? Staying in the storm, whether it is the ferifera or in the eyes or in the mouth, even the border where it's only wind that is blowing, I don't think it's safe to stay. <laughs> Anywhere part of the storm. But one thing that is normal in life is that we always go through storms. When I was told I was going to preach this message, the first thing that came to my mind it was Pastor Kay's message about opportunity and trials. That thing rang in my mind straight. How I many of you remember that message? If you joined this at that time. Wow. Only one person. Remember that message? Remember? Opportunity and time. It was a series. Yes. If you remember the message, let me show you. This is a... I don't, hey, ah, praise God. Some people still remember. So, <laughs> I won't be able to preach it tonight. That's not the plan. So, you can go to the information decks. I'm sure they should probably have the CDs or 
MP3 version of those messages. They will bless you. And one of the things he said in that message was that two things are permanent. They will always come. As long as you're on this earth, you can't change them. Prayer can't change them. Prayer cannot do anything. All you can do is prepare for them. Number one of them is opportunity. He said you can't pray to advert it. You can't pray to bring it. It is normal with time and life. It will come. And the second one is challenges too will come. But the one that looks so much, probably, maybe it's because we're in Nigeria, I don't know, is challenges. A lot of people are going through challenges. As they will find clothes, rich. That's how some people's challenges reach. Praise God. So find clothes, find air does not define who is not going through storms. Praise God. A lot of people are going through pains, through tough times. Truth of time, there was a there was a lady in this church. No, there, there is a lady in this church. It's not there was. It's a lady in this church. I've noticed her a bit for a while. She always closes up quickly when is um, when to close service before you share grace. She's at the car park. She's driving a very good car. So in my mind, I thought, ah, this lady is she's one of the samples of those who are testifying that God is good and is faithful. So I approached her. I said, ah. Sister, you're not even trying to join any department in church. You know, um, after service, you are off to, to the car park to get your car. Beautiful, solid car. I saw her with a very beautiful lady also. I mean, beautiful what? Child. A child. A beautiful child. So, I, I approached her and said, come, join the department in church. It will, it will help you, you know, so that at least, uh, that way, let me meet your husband. And she laughed. If you ask me, she's going through a perfect life. From the way I see her, she shouldn't have any problem. You know, if, you are, if I'm to assess her. And she said, hmm. I said, ah, what's the issue? That whatever it is, I mean, can be taking care of taking care in prayer. There's some people that when they share their problem with you, you will not pray. <laughs> Ask Pastor Yomi, ask Pastor Chiki. You will pray. Mm. You first say, ah. And you know you can't be, if somebody shares challenges with you to pray with him, you can't first say, ah. <laughs> you have already spoiled the whole matter. <laughs> you won't pray. Ah. When she started, you know, at the point where she started, when she, when she paused, I thought she has finished. So I just want to say, let's pray. This one I've is enough. Let's pray. He said, I have not started. I said, you can't start. <laughs> you cannot start. This one I've heard. No way. No, I, said, I said, no way. I don't even know what to recommend. Maybe it's therapy. Maybe it's um, Bible scripture. I don't even, I said, let's just pray. For the next three minutes, I was praying in the tongue. I don't even have a prayer point. People are going through things. People are going through stuffs. Very big car. Very, very big car. It's one of the days that I have found my theory that if money can solve your problem, you, can't, you don't have a problem. Your problem is very terminal, as in it is not so much of a big deal. Because there's even a way you will pray. So people give you money. If you're, you are praying too much, you say, what is the problem? You keep quiet. Let go hear my own problem. Your money is just ordinary three millionaire. Don't worry. I'll give you after service. <laughs> Praise God. People are going through certain stuffs. People are going through storms. 
And one of the most amazing things I saw in the scripture was that God did not even promise that we're not going to go through it. That one shocked me. He <laughs> didn't even promise. All through the scripture, you can check. All through the scriptures, there was no single promise of God that won't go through storms. Instead, you will hear stuff like, when you go through storms, uh, you are even confirming that we'll go through it. <laughs> when you go through diverse temptations, when you, when you are persecuted, when you are afflicted, you'll be hearing stuff like that. And you'll be wondering, he even told the disciples, say, count it all joy. I mean, that scripture, do you remember that scripture? When you are going through, so, at, 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 at first, I, I thought that those, those scriptures was for the disciples alone. But I discovered that every human being, as long as you're on this surface earth, you on this um, surface of the earth, you will go through, you go through, I mean, stuffs. So, one of the things that, and thank God it is so very peculiar with our timing. And when they said I was going to talk about Eye of the Storm, I, and they asked me to share my personal stories also. So, I will share a few in a bit. Because some of you seated think that pastors or ministers or preachers, they don't go through storms at all. No, we go through everyone's. And some of you will never know. That we go through storms. We go through stuffs. Some of you may never know. If you're on this earth, you will go through stuffs. If you're on this earth, you will go through storm. Time of storm will come. You will go through it. Jesus was traveling in the book of Mark um, with his disciples. And then they let us cross over to the other side. How many of you know that scripture? A very popular one. You don't know it. How does assume a lot? Oh, hey, DJ, let's bring it up quickly. Mark, Mark um, I think Mark fourteen or so. Mark chapter four, verse thirty-five to forty-one. So Jesus was crossing with disciples in the boat, and Jesus decided to sleep. Um, come back, come back to that scripture. Let me see it. And the same day, when the evil was come, he said unto them, can you give us more easier translations? That day when evening, so that evening that you saw that time was evening. <laughs> that day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to what? To the other side. That was the greatest mistake they made. It was Jesus that said it. If it was somebody that said it now, I would have said that they find trouble. It was Jesus. He decided to tell them to go over to the other side. Listen, if you, God promises you to take you from one place to the other, there are storms on the way there. Oh, you're not hearing me. Storm is not what you pray that it will never come. Say, I will never experience storm in my life. You will never experience progress. It was not the disciples' decision to move. In fact, nights came. Ideally, they should sleep. Jesus invited them to the other side. Peter, we have no business to cross the sea and walk on it. If Jesus didn't say come. But listen, for every promise and word of God God gives to you, there is a storm that the devil is planning to roll on it. Oh, you're not following me. 
Anytime you have a sure word from God that says, come to the other side. You, are, um, you, are, you, you should be tired of what you have. You should be tired of where you are. You should be tired of what you are doing. I want to take you to a better side. I want to move you to a better glory. Listen, as the word is coming, the devil is planning storms. So, God himself knows that very well. I am too sure that Jesus knew that I would be stormed that night. Yet, when he got into the boat, into the boat, what did the Bible say he did? He slept. Just by that word, let us go to the other side. The disciples were not the one that said, if they said it, I would have said they never look for trouble. Abby? Now then go find anything where they are seen. I don't find them. But Jesus told them, let us go to the other side. Why should they experience them? Then he told them, finish. And now he now slept inside the boat. Did you continue? Um, please, can you shoot on that side? Yes. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. And there were also other boats with him. Verse 37. Look at it here now. And a furious squirrel came up and the wave broke out of the boat so that it was nearly what? Swamped. Listen, I know that that story, we may underlook it and feel that, mm, what is it safe? The Bible said, so that means that they were not afraid at the beginning of the waves and the storm. Where issues started coming, the Bible says that they were almost what? Oh, come on, talk to me, guys. It's in the Bible. They were almost taken over. Ah, mm, 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 mm. Let's understand it. This is Bible. When you say something is almost, you see, you can see everywhere was okay. And Jesus was not like, if, it, if, you, if Jesus was awake, they would have been saying, uh-huh. guy, are you saying? I mean, they would have been saying, hey, Carry that flyer. Uh, carry the arrow. You hold the rope. You bring out that one. You come on now. You drag that one. But if Jesus was awake, they would be looking at him like, how far? <laughs> how far? The storm and you. But Jesus was asleep. Jesus, I don't know if he was snoring. But the Bible said, that Jesus was what? Asleep. How are you so sure that somebody that is asleep knows what's happening? Inside the boat. So, despite the miracles he has performed to them, as far as they are concerned, maybe this thing will even kill himself. So, they ran to Jesus and screamed at him, Guy, do you care if we perish? You are sleeping. All of us like, why? All of us, including you, where they sleep. I am amazed. Say, do you care if you drown? Do you care at all? You are just sleeping. You are snoring. The situation in many people's life shows that God is quiet. Usually, when somebody is sleeping, is a position of death. Some people feel that God is dead in their life. The way the situation is going through. In fact, it is so bad that if you look at them very well, you are almost going to ask them, "Are you sure?" God is still with you. That's what the, the, the eye of the storm explains. There's some people that are going through times 
that even yourself that are coming to church with them, even because you know them, you're going to say, Maybe he's committing secret sin. Some people are judgmental. <laughs> people are judgmental. How can he be so bad like this for a Christian? Ah! What is it? Is he only the one? Sorry. Is he the only one? How can he be so... Ah! Uh-uh? So this also got me curious. And I started studying... And I started asking questions. Listen, as a believer, you can ask questions. The only thing you cannot do is that you can't question God. Oh, do you get me? As a believer, you can ask questions. You can ask God. You can ponder over issues. That was when I first realized that there was nowhere in the scriptures God promised us that we will not go through storms. That was when I discovered it. Everywhere I saw it, when thou goest, when thou passest, when thou are, when thou is in, to show you he's very present. His assurance is always with us. But when you are going through, through it. So, definitely, there are certain things that must be there if God is happy for us to go through it. Maybe not happy. Maybe necessary for us to go through it. Then there are certain things that must be there and the first thing I realize is that God does not abort the process of storm to bring us out. Instead, he guides us out. I'll let that sink very well. Somebody go, somebody's going through a turbulence time, a serious financial issue, and is born again, his rent is due, nobody's willing to help, and time is counting. The landlord is kicking him out. And he goes out into the rain. He doesn't even know where to stay. Maybe one, one friend or somewhere. They put him up and, on, okay, you can stay with us for a while. He's already a pain. Himself, his wife and kids are staying with the friends. And they have to just give him one room to manage. And that time is where business is not working. And that time, maybe one small part that comes as income. Then somebody came and do for one nine, And he lost the money in the process. And then you're almost going to ask. Call upon God. And this guy is fasting morning and night. Calling God. The first question, and this is what brings people to a lot of questions. And they ask, are you sure there is God truly? Some people go through so much pain in this life. I said I'm going to share a bit of my story. And they go through it to a point where they look up to heaven. Say. Are you sure? I, I, I remember there was, a, there was a program that we, we, I was ministering to youth, young, young adults. And then I was praying for a particular person. And then the Holy Spirit ministered to me that don't leave him. Help him out. And I said, wow. And I asked him, what, what's the issue? And he said, nothing. I, was, I don't know. I can't remember, I mean, um, vividly what I was trying to, the particular administration it was. Um, but it was on the mainland. And then I asked him, I said, what issue do you have with God? He said, nothing. I'm just here to pray. He said, we should come out. I said, ah. So I went back to God. At least if this one is not talking to me. God should, what? Talk to me. So I went back to God. God. The guy said, 
There's nothing wrong. And as I was about to turn back, the Lord asked me to have, ask him what happened to his father. His father was the breadwinner. The mother wasn't working. And there were about five children. He's the firstborn. In his final, I don't know, was it final year? Okay, he was in three level, going to four level in a medical school. The father died. The father was sick. I think he was hit by a vehicle somewhere. They were well-to-do family, very well-to-do family. They are doing well. The father is, is a very big man. And then he was hit by a vehicle. And then the father fell sick. So in the process of being sick, you know, family issues, they, are, they came, you know, claim, they claim most of the, the wealth of the family. They, and then they threw them out of the mansion. They had to manage to rent in the place. And all of those stories. So his brother is a partner with the man. The man's, the man's brother, right? There's a partner with him. Lay claim on the business. Very funny story of um, things fall apart like that. You know, so this one is real life. Oh, this is real life. This is real life. So, in the process, the guy wasn't born again, but they've been always been preaching to him while he was in school to give his life to Christ. And he was always laughing. He was drinking. He was, you know, flexing now. Things were working. I think he even had a car. So, in the process, he had to even sell his car to be able to help the family. Things were working right like that. So, but what happened was that in the process, it got so bad and they didn't get help anymore. So he told God, are you with me? I need to know who are with me in this house. Okay. Wave your hands to God. Hallelujah. Okay. The silence was too much. I was, I'm beginning to be, I'm beginning to be scared. <laughs> uh, but I realize that people are listening. Okay, so, basically, so in the process, he had to sell his car and all of that. So, um, there was a time he now, when he was in school, just done on him that they've always told him about God that saves. So he now thought of it that, oh, let him just go. In his, he cried and cried and cried. He said, let him go and meet God, that God is going to do it. So in that fellowship that day, the pastor preached about God that can do anything. You see, don't be angry if the message is not for you. God has planned everybody's destiny. The pastor preached that God is God of everything. So he said, he challenged God that truly, if you are the God of everything, do this miracle for me. Heal my father. Now, I have had cases where people get testimony from such angles. But he said, God, that you cannot predict. So God, you can't, you can't, you can't cage him to walk a certain way. So that's the end of the story. <laughs> I know you people are listening to stories so much. Basically, um, unfortunately for the for the guy, that night the father died. Now, for somebody, can you touch the lady sitting beside you? If she's fine, can she sit well? Yes. Please, can you sit well? Very important. Very important. If anybody's sleeping beside you, give him a bow. Please, don't give him a bow. <laughs> so, so basically, the, 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 the lady died. I mean, sorry, not the lady. The father died. And that's made a guy 
went from bad to worstest. His case is not even worse. What he wasn't doing before, he started doing it. So he was wild. He was mad. Now, when I met him and I was praying for him, he didn't talk until I asked him, what happened to your father? Then his eye changed. His eye changed and he just went suddenly blue. So I knew that was a problem. So I dragged him out of the crowd and I took him to a corner. I said, tell me everything. He said, tell me everything. I don't know what happened to him, but my spirit is saying that something is connected to your father that affected you. I don't know what it is. Did he beat you? Did he do? He said, it was the rope of my life. And that same God that you call God took him away when I needed him the most. So I believe there is no God. I said, from your story, there are two contradictions. You said the person I call God. That means you know that there is God. But on the other side, you said there is no God. He said, I don't care. But my submission, because of this, is that there is no God. Ah, it was tough. So I sat him down. And I explained a few things to him. Right now, he's born again, speaking tongue. He has faith. He was about to be dropped out of school that time because he wasn't doing well in academics. But because of that night encounter, he went back and he pulled everything straight. He's a full-blown medical doctor now. God was able to restore him. Now, you see, that was the part of his story. But God did not suddenly interrupt the situation to bring him out. And there is a reason for that. And that is what I've come to talk to you tonight about. That your situation may look like it is lasting for too long. And it's somewhere in your heart, you maybe have to be rebuking the devil that shut up. Because the devil will be suggesting to you, where is your God? And he may be asking and be telling you sins. That if God truly exists, you go to church on Sunday... On Thursday, you are in Riaza for choir. On, which way did the people come to church? Tuesday, you are here for midweek service. Are you the only one? Is God deaf to you or what? Listen, I have come to explain to you that your God is not dead. It's just that he's walking through a process that the devil cannot understand. Situation cannot understand it. Every time you go through times, God is not in a haste to bring you out. Why? He wants to assure you of a process through it. God is not a waster. Anytime he finds you in a, in, a, in a situation, somewhere very deep, somewhere very tough, one of the things that he makes sure that you get out of it is purpose. Instead of rushing you through the process or bringing you out easily, listen, if you bring you out of 10, you will go to another one. Oh, you're not hearing me. If he brings you, has God done any miracle for you before? Do you know that that miracle does not stop another storm from coming? <laughs> oh my God. Uh, if you need a bill of five million naira and you are strong and you are seriously stranded of five million naira and it's as if the whole world will collapse tomorrow. In fact, they have told you that police are at your door. If you don't bring that money. If God touches someone's heart and says, my son has cried to me so much, so much that I need to 
you know, save him from this situation. And he just spoke to you to credit Stammer's account. And you, being a child of God, you were praying. At first, you swear it off. Second time, you ignore it. Third time, the Holy Spirit said, no, send the money. And they just call him on phone. Bro, how are you doing? Mr. Pedro, can I have your account number? The Holy Spirit said, I should just bless you tonight. And he sends you that five million. Listen, when you pay off that five million, you will be excited, is it not? You will say, God has done it, is it not? But trust me, before three, four, five days, what's happening again? Another five million. In fact, it can be 15 million now. Praise God. So, one of the things that God will do for you is this. While you are going through that process, he will say, while you, you are locked up in prison. Because it's not every time. And this is what, this is what a lot of Christians miss. And sometimes they even miss the mark. They even miss the track. Sometimes they even jump to the provision of the devil. And they're not aware that it is not, God is not interested in you coming out of the solution, out of the problem, sorry, but how and what you came out of it with. Coming out is not a big deal. He knows you're not going to die in it. He's sure of that. He's very certain of that. He's very convinced. He's the only one that don't know it. The only one that is not, that is second guessing. For him, he has seen the head already. But he knows that if he aborts that process, if he aborts that process, and you do not come out refining it, there are chances that you enter a bigger one and it will swallow you. So the first thing that God normally makes you do when you are in difficult time, when you are in difficult process, is first that you find purpose in it. Usually when you are in that difficult time, is when God has a way to relate with you. When a man is in problem, is that all you Oh, you're not hearing me. His Sunday, Sunday service will be very, I know that very well. His attendance will be very regular. <laughs> attendance will be very regular. Anytime you see a man, a very mature man, no, I'm not talking about people who are giving the life of Christ who are very serious with God. I'm not talking about you. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking generally now. <laughs> and the attend service by seven o'clock. <laughs> They're here by seven, even before workers meeting starts. Even before Pastor Control, they don't come. My brother, <laughs> something is pushing him. <laughs> Praise God. God knows. Listen, he's not the one that brings the storm, but he can maximize the advantage of the storm to produce you. So, he's not even willing to bring you out of time. He wants you to get so mature in the storm so that you can handle another storm when it comes. As long as you're on this earth, storm will always roll. The situation that can make a man who has been drinking for many years do counseling, do counseling, everything, nothing works. Drinking, 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 drinking. After some time, he came to me and said, Sir, I'm ready to give my life to Christ. I said, Eh? Who preached to you? He said, I'm just ready. I knew there was trouble. 
<laughs> I said, did you see Jesus like Peter, but like Paul? When he started the story, and I said, ah. <laughs> but to lead someone to cry at that time is not easy because before I say, Lord Jesus, he has said, Lord Jesus, I surrender my life by saying by himself. I was going to say, slow down, please. Let me lead you. <laughs> let, just, let me just lead you. You are still with me now. When you see men, men, mighty men who come to you, I want to come and give my life to Christ. <laughs> better king. There is better begin in the process. So, what God will always do, and I was amazed at what Jesus said. After the storm, first he rebuked the storm so that they were calm. And he told them, O man of little faith, he quantified. See, God knows you are going through storm. He wants you to look ahead of the storm to a place he has prepared for you. Listen, aborting the storm is not the solution. It's only going to bring you into another wave of storm. He wants to be sure that after this storm is over, you have enough skill, you have enough experience, you have enough strength to go through whatever any storm that comes without failing out. So he wants to give you purpose tonight. He wants to find purpose. And I discovered that it is one of the ways God makes up his people. If Jesus, do you know that? The Bible says through that he may have the power to conquer him that has the power of death. Listen, let's look at it. He wants to conquer someone who has the power of death. And they told him, the only way to do it is what? To go through death. So that through death, you will, you will conquer him that has the power of death. That means that Jesus was created to go through storms. And yet, at the time, he looked at the cross and he asked himself, he said, God, is it possible that this cross should be passed over me? And he said, oh, there is an assignment in this. There is a purpose in this. I don't have to give up. There is a purpose. Listen, if you go through storm and you don't find purpose, it's a wasted time. You can't go through this situation. You have been you have been overqualified to marry. Since teenager. Since your teenage age. Is that better? Let me release some people of their pains. You have, you have, you have qualified to marry since you were a teenager. And yet, you went through secondary school. You are beautiful, oh. In fact, it's a general agreement in school. You are one of the most beautiful damsel. In fact, you won Miss Campus in university. You came out with a very strong two one, almost close to first class. But in your in your case, they don't give first class too much. You are a lady. You came out early because they told to Facebook. Don't talk about man. You're facing book. You got masters. Brilliant. You are into PhD, and suddenly you realize you're 37 years old, and no man. I said to you, I to you, not even on Instagram. It could become a storm. You would define it as 
this is a storm. Everybody sees you are fine, but you know within you. This is impossible. There's a wife of a, um, is it Ojuku or so? What's her name again? Bianca. And the way people were accusing her of getting married to Ojuku. This is, how many of you agree that she's a very beautiful woman? And one of her words was that she, out of everybody on the head, it was only Ojuku that was bold enough to stand up to him that he wants to marry her, marry him. Why won't he? That means it is possible you are too fine that you avoid all men. <laughs> ah, yes. When I had this myself, I was shocked. Because everybody was thinking, who can go and talk to her? This kind of person must have 17 boyfriends. They were avoiding him. They were avoiding her. Talk to her. That could be the situation. You've waited all along. You've waited all along. You study abroad. You did master in the US. You did master in um, Malaysia. You came to Sweden to do another masters. <laughs> when you were coming home, you got a job with um, Chevron or Shell or one of the big, big guys in the industry. And they gave you a house to be staying. So you're only going by cab, I mean by your driver to walk back home. Driver back home to work. Driver back home. Who will stop you at the express? <laughs> and in church, before they say the grace you have gone, we don't even know you. That's what I like to say at the back. The rate at which people fly after seven, you think somebody is pushing them. You think there is a timer. Say, leave now. Run, 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 run. <laughs> Who will see you? Monday to Friday, all your colleagues, you are the overall boss. Who will come and ask you out? Parties, you don't go. Even the party said they don't put, they don't pay your table. It's the highest of the place. A little bit higher than where we're gonna woman. Where we're gonna wife stay. <laughs> oh, we come. And you are putting forty next year. Don't worry, Pastor okay, we interview you very soon when you are fifty. And it's becoming a challenge. It's becoming a major storm. You know that you weep through. You weep. You whip yourself out. God is saying, listen, I want to bring a purpose out of this. I want to bring your purpose. Listen, what you are going through is similar to your purpose on earth. Every trials you are going through is, an, is a pointer of what God can make you to be out of it. Pastor M went through eight years. Is it eight years? Okay. And why? Because Jesus told Peter, he said, DJ, please look for that scripture and bring it up, please. He said, and after thou hast been converted, he says, strengthen your brethren. There is a purpose and a ministry. There is an assignment that comes with you when you graduate from the school of struggle. When you graduate from the school of the storm, you are bit naturally. Anything God has made you out to come out of it, you become something out of it. Yes. Okay, so that's what, what scripture is that? Luke 22, 32. Luke 22, 32. But I pray thee for thee that our faith may not fail and... When thou are what? 
bring amplified version, please. This, um, 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 this, this verse does not, I mean, this translation does not explain it properly. Bring amplified version. But I have prayed especially for you, Peter, that what? Your faith and confidence in me may what? Not fail. And once you have turned back again to me, what? Strengthen and support what? Your brothers in faith. Every time you come out of trials, every time you come out of tribulation, every time you come out of situation, God knows he has straightened you enough to straighten other people. You become a ministry is built inside of you with others. So God deliberately is patient with you in that situation. That is why he is saying, I am not in a haste to bring you out. When you go through the waters, I will go with you. Do you know what he's teaching you there? Learn. 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 Learn of me. Learn of the way I have brought you out of it. God allowed Israel to go through what they went through, even through the midst of the Red Sea, so that they can know who the God is have. Learn from it. All this noise of God, where are you? He's with you. All this shout of God, when will you do it? He's working on you. Stop being in a rush. One thing that is sure is that they will overcome you. That's certain of it. I was trusting God for a super healing. Um, it's usually associated with people with people that drink and smoke and all of that. And then I was diagnosed when I was 32 just on my wedding day. Sorry, that year I decided to get married. And that was when I started feeling funny. So I decided to visit the hospital. And then uh, my wife said, what is this? So the eve of our wedding, I was supposed to be with my guys. They were supposed to take me for bachelor's eve somewhere. But I, was, I, I felt so bad. I, I don't drink. And I don't smoke. I never smoked in my life. I gave my life to Christ when I was 11, when I was a child. And I'd walk in his way from that, from that age. So I don't, I don't do that. And I walked well. So when I was diagnosed, I was like, me, what's this? Nonsense. And they told me that, look, you have to take care. This thing can kill. Not so instantly, but then when it accumulates and accumulates and untreated and all of that. So they give drugs. They give all of those stuff. So I said, no problem. And I moved on with it. And many other stories came with it. I, can't, I, don't, I don't have the time to share all of it tonight, right? Maybe in the course of our life, as we move on, I will share. But I will just go to the parts I want you to know. And I, what I want you to take away from it. So, last year, I was on a faith cruise. And it just rose up in me. That I have faith in God. I don't have to live with this thing. So I stopped taking the drugs. 
for a month, two months, three months. I was fine. I was very okay. And suddenly, all through, last, all through that part of last year, I was fine. I was doing my test, and they were good. They were perfect. In fact, we gave thanks to God. We said, God, you are faithful. You have completely healed me out of this. I'm glad, and all of that. But something terrible happened this year. In between June and July, I mean, July and August, sorry. Workload became so much. There was so much, there was so much pressure from the work. There was so, it was so intense. It was so heavy. And then, somehow, somewhere, I, get, I got hypertensive. And that struck in. And the tragedy is this. You don't combine those two things together. The first one and this. The law in medical is that once that happens, it's called complication, and the person has to probably even die or lose the mind or just paralyzed or something, usually, at that frequency. So I just noticed um, a bit of inconvenience around me. At certain times, I would just feel tired unnecessarily or sometimes feel headache, part of my head and all of those things. And it continued. I'll just, I'll just lay my hand on my head like this and pray and move on. Now, I was taking my drugs, but I'm like, this is a headache now. I have a small headache. I'll just lay my hands on my head and move on. Eat scriptures, move on. But that faithful day, I even went for exercise. I went for exercise. I noticed I was very uncomfortable all through the period of exercise. My only exercise is playing football on Saturdays. I was very uncomfortable through the period of the game. My colleagues, my friends on the pitch were asking me, What's the issue? What's the I said, I don't know. I'm just feeling a bit uneasy. After the game, normally it should have gone. But all through into first half, I had to come out because I wasn't feeling comfortable anymore. By the time I got to a place where we normally rest, I slept for three hours stretch. Now, this is me. If I sleep for 30 minutes, that is not a night sleep. Something is about to happen. Naturally, I don't like to sleep in the afternoons. My energy is boiling. So I can't be sleeping. I don't even like to do one thing. I like to do plenty of things. If it's night, I'll sleep at night. I wake up following money. That's enough for the whole day. I know some people can sleep for three hours. Normal. And it's normal. For someone like me, it wasn't normal. My younger brother was uncomfortable. That's what he called. I said, bro, so far. It's one way they sleep like this. I said, I don't know. I beg, we can still sleep. Ah. <laughs> so he said, I said, no. He disagreed. So, I don't know. I think, I think he got a Uber because I couldn't drive. I think he got a, I mean, a Uber to take me home or something. I don't know if I even slept through the Uber time. So, I got home. As I got home, my wife was in the kitchen and um, some of my people were there too. Just some, they said, ah, you're back so early. I said, I'm back. With my sport kit, with football boots, everything. Oh, even shin guard. Those of you who don't like football, you may not know what they call shin guard. And um, shorts. And um, my, we even have a bib. They normally wear bib to identify sides. I just carry everything like that. And slept on the couch, on the leather sitter. I slept on it. My wife said, ah, this is not normal. So she was, are you okay? I said, I'm fine. 
I just want to sleep. So she left. This is a story because I was not aware. But she was not told me this story after that time. One hour went, two hours, three hours, four hours. She was now no more comfortable. Five hours, six hours. She was very disturbed. So she became very confused. So she said she had to make a call. She did, at, the, at the point, she was not confused. She doesn't even know what to do again. So I told her, don't call anybody. I'll be fine. I'm just sleeping. I've not slept for, I've not slept for a while. So I need to sleep all the sleep now. She said that was what I was saying. I'm not aware. So up until the next day. Now, where she now became tense, because it was Saturday, she knows that by so- Sunday, now, their own service, it's not, it's not Island Church. She goes to Milan Church, where their service resumes 7 o'clock. Here, our own service resumes at 13. Workers training, workers meeting. But their own service resumes, no, it's 6 o'clock. 6.30. They resume workers meeting by 6.30. Workers are here that are coming at 8.30. Go and take clips. They resume at 6.30 in the morning. <clears throat> so she woke me up to dress up. Normally, I would have woken up by that time to dress up so I can start coming here. I told her I'm not going to church. I just want to sleep. That was when she knew there was a problem. She said, right now, I'm going to call. Who should I even call? So she now said, so our uncle is a, a medical doctor and we're very used to the man. He's been the man that's taking care of us for a while. She now said, he called his uncle. He didn't pick call. He called his friend. His friend is also a medical doctor. We use either of them. Now called his friend. And the person said, what happened to him? They should give me the phone. I said, uncle, don't worry. And I said, because I wasn't willing to stand up. According to her, I'm not aware of all of this thing that is happening. I don't know where I was. She said, it was when she said, let me call Pastor K. At least that will help that you will stand up. That was when I forcefully stood up. By the time I got to the hospital, the doctor was shouting, what's wrong with him? What's happening? Why did you stay this long? Then my wife was confused. What's happening? Instantly, he had, they had rushed me injections, like six or seven rounds of injections. Instantly, I just passed out on the... This is a long... Uh-huh. I just passed out there. And then it was like, they need um, a neurologist. Those guys are deal with brain. I didn't know, Abby? Uh-huh. That they need a neurologist to deal with certain issues. They quickly called three people around our area, three doctors. One was available. They told him they're bringing an emergency. It's very crucial. My heart started crying. What's going on? He didn't know where else to call. So he called one of my brothers. He's a minister of God. He's, a, he's one of our ministers too. He's boys on the mainland. His name is Minister Femi. Femi Adete. He called Femi. So Femi came. Joined us in the hospital. When I got to the hospital, I woke up back to norm. I woke up back to life. I, could, I said, only where are we? He said, hmm. It is well. All is well. You know, women don't know what all is well. <laughs> Even though they are shaking and they are coming. All is well. Said, hmm, I can't lose you now. She was just doing many things. I said, what is the problem? Is it not me? Am I not here? Why are you? She said, we're just here to say. I said, where are we again? This is not Dr. Lagbaja's hospital. He said, ah, they have to refer us, they have to refer us here. I said, what's the problem? So the doctor came out. The first thing that even made me 
catch my breath was when I heard that they should go and deposit 500,000 there. I said, eh? I woke up immediately. So what's the problem? <laughs> is it that case? Five hundred thousand dollars for what? As in, go and de- is it, is just my wife. Go and first deposit five hundred thousand dollars for eh? for what? Why? And I said, ah, it's a serious case. This and this and this. I said, I'm okay. I'm only feeling weak, right? Yes, but five hundred thousand dollars cannot be the issue now. Then. He asked me to stretch. He asked me, he said that you lay me on the bed. Ah, the time is gone. I can't finish the story. So, they, they stretched me. He raised my leg. He raised my head. He turned me like this. He, ah. <laughs> my mind was just on 500,000 and I said, anything will I do? <laughs> but 500 kobo. <laughs> no kobo for this account. For what? <laughs> what are you doing? Are you the keeper of my life? The way he said this, first got to five hundred thousand naira first. So my wife called, pulled a call through to um, doctor that us to the place. Immediately, Femi came. That one is like my soldier, like me. He was very upset. Five hundred thousand naira for what? I said no. Call me this person. Call this. They be making calls. I say hey. I can't stand up, but I get myself to stand up. <laughs> Please call. <laughs> so eventually, the uncle that did big call at first. Pick the call. I said they should bring me immediately. So when he saw me, he said there's no problem that God has arrested the situation. So they started giving me injections. I decided to give me drugs. I was there for like 14 days before I came back fully. Now, listen. All the doctors said, no one goes through that cycle and remains normal. He said, usually 70% of them are dead. That's what they call slum. Or they come back paralyzed with several kinds of, maybe um, one part of the whole body is paralyzed or the whole body or in most cases, it is death. Because when I was on the bed, the, uh, was, what was the program that we did that period in June and July and August? I wolf. I high wolf my own high wolf on the bed. I was watching it on the screen. I couldn't make it physically. So in the process, I was asking God, what have I done to deserve this? I'm a child of God. I've served you all my life. I didn't engage in alcohol. I didn't engage in anything. So why should I have this? And the Lord told me, said the test and the trials of time is not status sensitive. The only thing I assure you was that you are going to come out through it. Are you know how through it? Did you lose any part of your body? Did you lose any part of your brain? Are you not sound like human being? Do you know by the time I came out of the hospital, the doctors that met with me, they, they were conversing with me as if I still have all my alertness. Yes. For some weeks, I didn't really remember everything in the past. It took me a while to remember everything. In fact, the one that got me angry first was that I can't remember many scriptures. I would just have an idea, but I can't remember the lines very well. I was very upset. I opened my Bible. I started reading. I said, this thing will come back. But they were just for a few days. After a while, everything came back. Listen, what God assured you is victory at the end. It's not that you will not go through it. But I stand by faith today to declare with you that no matter what you are going through, you will come out with a testimony. 
Your testimony will define purpose. It will define people. It will straighten those who are going through it. Stand up on your feet, somebody. When you go through diverse temptation, the Bible says, count it all for joy. When you, do you know why? A champion is about to be produced. You are coming with purpose that is defined. Have you lost job? You are the one that they are constantly firing. Even though you give your best, they always fire you. Listen, you are about to become an employer of labor. Don't define yourself by the situation. Situation can defile you or they can define you. Don't define yourself by it. You are constantly going through rejection, 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 rejection. After a while, you give yourself the name rejection. God said, why are you bearing the name I didn't give you? They are the things that are on this earth. They are normal with the earth. You are not, the idea is not that you go through it to kill you. No. Allowing you to go through it is what the earth entails. But what God wants to do is that I will go through it with you to teach you how to survive. When you come out of it, it becomes your purpose for living. When you come out of it, you are sure that you can teach anybody how to survive this storm. Because I don't see swallow you up. I don't see swallow you up. I mean, this will make you rest. I, I, I didn't go into the example I wanted to give. Joshua, I mean, Joseph, just because he must become a prime minister. He was sold into slavery. He was in a prison. I mean, that would have been the... Does it correlate? God told you you're going to become a prime minister. And now you're in a prison. How do you match them together? But through death, it might overcome him that has the power of death. Through this situation, you will overcome him that has the power of this situation. Enjoy the process. No matter how bad it is, enjoy it. Because God is teaching you a master class. He's teaching you a master class. That when you are a graduate of it, when you come out of it fully, you will be able to become, you have a ministry around it. I don't know what you are going through. But I'd like you to know, it is not unto death. It is not going to swallow you. Can you lift your hands and just prophesy on yourself this night? I am confident. I receive life. I'm no longer intimidated. Yes, the situation looks tough, but I am tougher. I am coming out of you with experience. I'm coming out of you with purpose. I will patiently go through this. My life is brighter after now. I'm walking into my testimonies. I will testify after now. I'm walking after now. This situation will not swallow me. Come on, come on, prophesy yourself. No matter how tough you look, there is a brighter future ahead. I will live to testify. I'm not going to die in this storm. My life is secured. Come on, prophesy on yourself.
prophesy yourself. My life is secured in the storm. I have a testimony. I'm coming out with a rank. In the name of Jesus. No matter how tough this time is, no matter how tough this situation is, I'm coming out brighter. I'm coming out stronger. I'm coming out with life. I'm coming out with testimony. I will go through it, but I will come out of it. It will swallow me. In the name of Jesus, I like you to say yourself. Decree tonight. Decree tonight. Tough time don't last. Tough people do. I am tougher than it. I have no grace with it. I have no backing with me. Abraham asked to become the father of nation. He was fatherless for a while. Are you following me? Abraham was fatherless until the age of 90 something. And God made him master the act of being the father of nation. It was a training place for him to become an assignment to the world. Right now, when we are talking about the scripture and Jesus, we always make reference to Abraham, the father of faith. How will God be able to establish faith if not through Abraham's teaching? I don't care what you are going through. I see you coming out with a story. I see you coming out with a purpose. It may look tough, but you are tougher. I don't care the circumstances around it. It may even be defined as having no results. Yes, because you will bring out the result from it. Lift your hands wherever you are and just worship God tonight. He has not abandoned you in it. He's there with you in it. He's working with you in it. He's training you in it to become better, to become tougher, to become stronger. Come on, come on, give him worship. Come on, give him worship tonight. Give him worship tonight. Lift him high. He's bringing you out in glorious style. Full of life and experience. You are coming out stronger in it. It's not going to consume you. Lift him high. In Jesus' mighty name we have worship. Are you convinced you are coming out of this situation? I don't know... But I see people who will master their situation so much that no matter what they go through, it doesn't matter anymore. No matter what the devil brings, it doesn't matter anymore. They are the master of it because they have the result already. They will go through it, it will be patiently. It's all the time patiently. But they're coming stronger than you ever thought. They look weak right now, but they're coming out stronger. The energy is repaired from within. They're coming out with a testimony. They're coming out with life. They're coming out with fire. And they will restore the faith of many. They will restore the life of many. Shout unto the Lord.